All right. How's everybody doing? Let's ask one more time. You guys doing good? Come on. Come alive, please. I don't want to have to go back down and try it again. How is everybody doing? Let me hear you. Come on. Thank you. You know, when I, uh, I preach, I expect that this is like an interaction. It's not just me preaching and you receiving. It's like you're giving back. That's, that's a big part of the way that I, I preach. So, so I just thank you for uh, doing that. And um, I'm excited that you're here. If you're a visitor this morning, there's these connection cards. And we would love it if you'd fill it out even now. And uh, just tear it in half, keep this piece, or keep this piece for you, and then drop this in the um, offering plate or in the box on your way out. We would love to hear from you if there's prayer requests or if you want to take a next step. We encourage you to do that. And that is your way to take, uh, you know, some next steps and, and for us to be able to communicate with you. So um, I also have another exciting announcement that I want to share. And that is after nine months of in-person, so it was like what? Uh, nine, it felt like nine months, maybe it was seven months, seven or eight months of online only, and then nine months of in-person, finally, we are going to have a nursery back starting next Sunday. You guys should clap for that. So, so we've been very cautious and taking our time with that and making sure that we, you know, have everything in place for that, and, and the person that is going to be running our, our nursery is a uh, certified child care, uh, you know, worker, somebody that has gone through classes to do it, and in fact, I know her family, I've known her family for, for years. Her grandmother watched my babies in a nursery uh, 15 and 10 years ago, so, so uh, that, this is, they, they come from a, a line of people that know how and know how to care and love on kids, so if you have a child under two and you want to put them in the nursery starting next week, that's going to be uh, a possibility and an option for you. It's not a requirement, but it's something that we encourage you if you want that you, you know that that's there. All right, so we're going to get into the word today. Pray with me as we do that. Heavenly Father, we give you today. I ask that you'd speak through me, your messenger, and uh, God, just have your will and your way in our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I am so glad that you guys are here today. This is like second Sunday in the summer. You know, it's, it, it, June is here, and oftentimes we see those dips in our attendance because people are, are gone, and, and maybe you have some plans to be gone through the summer sometimes, and that's okay. But whenever you're in town, man, I want to encourage you to be here. We've got some exciting things this month, and next month we've got some cool things going on. So yeah, we're scaling back a little bit on some of our small group ministry and different things, but there's also some other things that are stepping up. Like we had an amazing ladies fellowship. How many of you ladies were here yesterday for the ladies fellowship? It was really, really good. Let's give Sandy Abbott a round of applause for bringing a word. Good job, Sandy. Really, really good. Uh, I wasn't there, but I heard it was really, really good. So uh, awesome, awesome things are happening. There's going to be a worship night coming up uh, next month. Several things happening um, in, even during the kind of the slower pace of summer. But uh, we want you to, to stay connected even in these times. Let me start with this question. What's your favorite action movie? What is your favorite action movie? Laz, I see you in the back. Yeah. Die Hard. Die Hard. All right, all right. So uh, that's, a, that's serious action. There's no question. That's not anything in between. Anybody else? Favorite action movies? 
Fast and Furious, which one? Number one or number 91? Which one is it? <laughs> All of them? I know. I love them too, Eileen, but people make fun of us because we like those like silly, you know, NOS things that happen and like the screen shaking. But I, I want to go like put super unleaded in my Honda when that happens. I get excited when I watch Fast and Furious. All right, anybody else? Yeah, Desi. Transformers, that's good. Come on, that's good. Anybody else? I mean, Mission Impossible. All right. Somebody in the first service said Sharknado, and I was like, wow, you need to, um, you need to get out or something. <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of action movies. If you were a kid in the 80s, it was Karate Kid and Rambo, uh, all the Rocky you know, franchise. If, if you're a little bit Younger, it's Vin Diesel movies, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the, the different ones that, that he's put out, or, or maybe you're a, a rock fan, I don't know who you are, but my favorite action movie of all times, and you know it because I've said this before, so I, ha- I can't just change it for the sake of a sermon, but my favorite of all times has got to be Gladiator. Gladiator. This story of this guy, it's, it was set in Roman times, his name was Maximus, and he was forced He was a general who was forced to become a common gladiator. And it happens because the emperor's son is enraged as he is passed over as the heir of his father's, uh, in in favor of his father's favorite general. So the, the son kills the father, the emperor, and then arranges the murder of the general's family, Maximus's family, and the general is then sold into slavery to be trained as a gladiator. But his subsequent popularity in the arena threatens the throne. I mean, like, that, that was a really bad move. That guy, that, that, that the son, should have killed Maximus because it didn't end up really good for that guy. Like, what an amazing, amazing movie. I'm not, like, an, a huge advocate. I know there's a lot of violence in that. But um, I, I do like action movies, especially if they're appropriate. Um, but I didn't really grow up watching action movies. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch the Rambo movies, only if I went to my cousin's house and then, you know, I did it when my parents um, maybe didn't know that I was watching those movies. But, you know, I, I grew up watching this kind of action movie. Maybe you've heard of it, Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> you guys, anybody know of Anne of Green Gables? Anne of Avonlea? Oh, if you don't, you know, count yourself blessed that you don't know what I'm talking about. It's, it's like Hallmark, picture Hallmark in the 80s. You know, the Hallmark Channel, picture it in the 80s. Like, that's what that is. And um, there's like three or four of these maybe in the series. And each one is like five hours long. It's like, man, can we stop talking about like the, the rat that died in the, in, the, in the, you know, cake batter or whatever it is? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. Today, though, I want to talk to you about faith in action. I want to talk to you about what it means and what it looks like to have a faith in action as we continue in this word series through the book of James. Last week, we were talking in James 1 about trials, and we talked about this, this that uh, if you want to make a change, you have to make a choice. There's, there's, this is a practical book on making uh, changes that require choices, and many people, last week we said, have uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits, you know, so that they want to do this. But their habits are, are saying something else. And seniors, graduates, remember that. Like if you have these high hopes, make sure that your habits line up with your hopes. Otherwise, you're not going to accomplish what your hopes are, are, are uh, desiring. So in your trial, we talked about last week, ask for wisdom. 
believe and do not doubt and consider it all joy even when you go through the trial why because the testing of your faith it produces a perseverance that makes you mature and complete not lacking anything so significant it's so important that uh, in in those times that you don't just give up and say oh god why are you doing this to me don't give up on god you re re realize that god is doing something in that that god is is forming you he's transforming you he's making you i mean this is like part of your testimony so when you go through something tough don't just give up on god like lean in to what god is doing in your heart and in your life so chapter one was all about how to handle your trial and chapter two is how to put your faith into action so i'm going to jump into james 2 and and we'll talk about like living this out we'll start with james chapter 2 starting at verse 1 all right so here's what it says my brothers and sisters believers in our lord jesus christ must not show favoritism suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and you say here's a good seat for you but you say to the poor man, you stand there or sit there on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Skip down to verse 8. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and you are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it so in those verses between verses five through seven he's just talking about how the rich exploit you sometimes how the rich sometimes take advantage of you and oftentimes when you're giving this this wealthy person a a a, a seat of honor like why are you doing that when when they sometimes are the ones that are hurting you and that are harming you but instead we must not show favoritism to the wealthy or to the impoverished we must not show favoritism and here's what he says he says whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it so I brought this this chain as an illustration just to talk about that for just a minute because this chain represents the whole law it's every part of it there's you know don't kill and don't murder and 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 uh, you know honor your mother and your father and and, and all of these things everything that, that God commands of us so, and and even you know not the commandments but even just the, the the proverbs and the wisdom literature that tells you this is how you should live he says even if you keep the whole law and stumble at just one point you're guilty of breaking all of it so I'm just gonna I'm gonna use this as an illustration like this is the the chain that's holding you up you're dangling from a 30-story building and this chain is going to hold you up without any problem. This chain will hold like 3,000 pounds without any problem. It will not break the link. Promise. You guys will be fine. I mean, probably you don't want to dangle from a 30-story building on a chain just because of the fear of heights anyways. But you could because you're not going to die. Except if one of the links was a Cheerio. If all of the other links were like perfectly strong on both sides, but right in the middle there was this one link that was made out of, you know, whole grain oats, would you want to dangle from a 30-story building with the chain? James is saying even if you can do everything else and you're super strong, but you've got a Cheerio in the middle, 
You're guilty of breaking the whole thing. So do not show favoritism. Don't show favoritism when it comes to uh, statuses. Don't show favoritism when it comes to uh, color of skin. Don't show favoritism when it comes to nationality. You know, when I was in middle school and high school, I was in Oklahoma. I've lived in Florida almost all of my life, South Florida most of my life. I call Florida home, but uh, where I'm from, that's where I tell people I'm from. But I went to middle school and high school, met my wife, got married, and then we moved in 2001 to Miami. But you go to Oklahoma, and, and there's not this, like, prejudice. There's a prejudice. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of prejudiced people. But there's not this prejudice like when you come to Miami. You know what I'm talking about where it's like, oh, man, he's from, you know, Cuba, and they're from Colombia, and, oh, Argentinians, they, they think they know everything. Like, there's not that like there is here. And that's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's a skin color or a nationality. It doesn't matter if it's a social status or a class. It doesn't matter if they live in your neighborhood or their kids go to the same school as you. Do not show favoritism. You've got to look at people created in the image of God as God did and consider the way that Jesus even looked at them. From the smallest child to the worst of sinners, Jesus loved them equally, did he not? He loved each and every single one, and this is how we know that, because even when he was on the cross, even when they put him on the cross, there was nothing they could do to stop his love for them. Like, they could crucify him, and yet he still loved them to the very end. And that's where we ought to be. Do not show favoritism. Because even if it's just one little piece of your life, could be that Cheerio that breaks the whole thing. Faith in action is where we're going today. And James kind of jumps from, from, from this idea of prejudice and favoritism into another piece of faith in action. And, and I'm going to kind of spend the rest of my time in that, the latter part of James chapter 2. You have your notes, by the way. If you want to take notes, they're on the back of the announcement page right there um, in the, uh, on, the, on the little worship guide. So when I think of faith, I think of some of these amazing people in the Bible that overcame terrible circumstances to accomplish the things that they were called to do. I think of Noah, who built this massive ship in the desert when there was no rain for 120 years. Like, that's a long time for people to be passing your, your, your house and seeing the ship in the background and being like, Noah, what are you doing? When are you going to quit? Like, when are you going to stop? You know, cutting down trees and making the, the, the lumber and doing everything you're doing to make this boat. And he's like, no, it's going to rain. It's not only going to rain, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to flood. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it will not stop raining until the Lord destroys the earth. I think about the faith of uh, this man, Joseph. Although he was one of the youngest in his family and he was despised by his brothers, he had a vision to lead his family and ultimately save the people of Egypt and the surrounding countries from a famine that was devastating their world. But it didn't happen overnight. Like, he was thrown in a pit, later sold as a servant to Potiphar, and falsely accused and put in prison, and he finally became the second in command under Pharaoh over all of Egypt. I think of the faithfulness of 
Moses and Joshua and Caleb. I think of Rahab and Elijah and Gideon, David and Ruth and Esther and so many others. If you go from James chapter 2, just like one page or two pages back in your Bible, you'll find the faith chapter and you'll find the testimonies of these heroes of faith and others that remind us what faith is all about. This is what it says in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. That's what faith is. And, and then uh, the writer then goes on to, to describe and give testimony of these faith-filled heroes in the Bible. Every one of the people in the chapter exhibited faith in action, as James talks about. Let me read this scripture. Here's what faith in action looks like according to James. James 2 verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Here's the question that James is posing. Here's the question James is asking to each and every single one of us. Can a faith with no action save you? Can a faith with no action save you? And to answer that question, I'm not referring to action, as in the movies that we talked about to open this message, but I'm talking about the kind of action where it's like an evidence. Like, you know if Vin Diesel's in a movie, it's not going to be a Hallmark movie. Like, there is evidence in that. Like, it's just the way it is. And that's what I'm talking about. Here's what Luke 6 says about this kind of like evidence for our faith. Jesus says this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And another translation says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the fruit. That's the, that's the response. So, can a faith with no action save you? I'm not saying that, that faith, I mean, that, that fruit is a requirement to your faith. But here's what I'm saying, according to even what Jesus said in Luke 6. It's a response to your faith. Fruit is a response to your faith. Because if it was a requirement, then this would sound like a works-based theology. It would sound like you had to do good deeds to earn your faith. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, and what I believe James is saying here, is that you do good deeds as a response to your faith. Do you see the difference? Like, requirement means, hey, you've got to come to church this many times a week, and you've got, to, you've got to give this amount, and you have to do all of these things, and these are the things you have to do if you want to go to heaven. 
And that's works-based theology. We don't believe that. We believe in grace-based theology because the work was already done on the cross. But the evidence, the fruit, the, 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 the identification that we can see that there's something in you, there's, there's something about you that, that shows that, you know, you know that's an apple tree because there's apples on it. And you don't just, you know, pull pineapples or coconuts off of the apple tree. There is something about it. That is the response to it. In the same way, when you're a Christian, there are these things that are the fruit. They are the response to your faith. It's not a requirement. It's not a, it's not a mandate. But it's because you are that follower of Jesus that you want to do these things. Here's what he continues with verse 20. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? We're going to go back to where we were with Fred and Lori as we talked from last week. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But he didn't believe just like the demons did. He didn't believe and shudder like the demons do. Like there was something about it. There was something that was going to take place. There was fruit to his faith. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Okay, um... I'll stop there for just a second. You know the story of Abraham, right? You know what he did. God says, you're going to be the father of this great nation. You're, you're going to be the father of my people, the children of Israel. And Abraham's 100 years old, or he's going to be by the time he finally conceives Isaac. And, and Sarah's 90. He's like, you're going to be the father of this great nation, even when he didn't see it. And that's an amazing miracle in and of itself, to believe God. And to trust God to give you that child. But what's even crazier than that is what happens next. God says, Abraham, take your one and only son. The son born to Sarah. He had other children, but the one that was in the covenant, the one that was the promised son, Isaac. Take him. Take him on top of the mountain and sacrifice him to me. Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. He didn't just say, God, you're good. Thank you, God, for giving me my son. No, God said, Abraham, I need you to give me your son. And Abraham was willing to do it. Abraham had a faith in God so much so that he was prepared to sacrifice his only son born to Sarah, the one that God had promised them in their old age when their body was as good as dead, and his faith was producing fruit. The evidence was in the fact that he was obedient even to the point of lifting up the knife to sacrifice him on the altar before God. You see, the evidence, the fruit of Abraham's faith was the action of being willing to sacrifice his only son on the mountain. That's, that's the, that's the uh, evidence of Abraham's faith. The evidence of God's faithfulness was the ram in the bush. The fact that God says that the angel of the Lord stands up and he's like, Abraham, don't do it. Don't take your son. Don't, don't sacrifice your son. And instead, he provides a substitution. 
he gives the, 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 the goat or the ram or whatever it is to be the sacrifice in Isaac's place as a substitution for his son. You know, I, I believe that if Abraham had not taken that step, he would have not been the one that God would use to be the father of this Jewish nation that we know today. God needed to know where Abraham was, the faith of Abraham. He needed to know the kind of faith that he had and the fruit of his faith. And that's the reason why he is Father Abraham. That's faith in action. In your notes, on your card, if you're taking notes, there's a note that says, there's a line and it says self-preservation. Faith in action is sacrifice over self-preservation. Faith in action is sacrifice over self-preservation. It's, it's not just saying, oh, wow, well, well, God, you must not be talking to me about this because you just gave me Isaac through Sarah, and he's going to be the one that, that is, is going to be the, the, the heir to um, all of this. He's going to be the, the one that's going to have all of these descendants, and I can't kill him. I can't sacrifice him. No. He chose sacrifice over self-preservation. God's not going to call you to do that with your kids because Jesus was the one and only, the, the, the ultimate, not the one and only, but he was the final sacrifice. Jesus became the final sacrifice for each and every single one of us. But let me ask you this. Are you choosing sacrifice over self-preservation? Which one is it for you? Is it self-preservation and then sacrifice or is it sacrifice over self-preservation? Think about your life. Think about your time, think about your finances, think about your children, think about your gifts. Think about what we talk about every single week. Join Growth Track and come be a part of the Renew Crew and help us to reach our community. Is it sacrifice or self-preservation? I've heard it said, and I've said it, but... I, Many people have said this. You can always tell which is the priority by looking at a person's day planner, their, their calendar, and their pocketbook, their bank statement, where, what it is, what you're putting your time into, what you're putting your money into. What you're giving the best of you to will help identify if it's sacrifice or self-preservation. Fruit that follows our faith this, this is fruit that follows our faith in the form of an action. This is, this is what this is. It's, it's, it's not what saves us, but it's the response. It's because we are a follower of Christ that we want to do these things. So here's how we close this message today. We close this message with this question, what is your fruit? What is your fruit? You say you believe in God. Awesome. But James said it, not me. He said, even the demons do that, and they shudder. What's your fruit? Looking at your life, looking in the mirror, like, what are the things that you would say, people would say, man, this is, this is, you can tell they're a follower of Christ. You can tell that Jesus is Lord of their life. Make sure people see your faith. Don't allow people to know you're a great golfer before they know you're a strong follower of Christ. Like, if, if that's the first thing they describe about you is 
how amazing your golf game is, that's a bad sign. They should know first things first, wow, this person loves Jesus with all his heart. You can see it. He talks about it. He lives it. He breathes it. He bleeds it. That's who he is. Make sure they don't talk about how big your house is and they don't know how big your God is. Wow, he's got an awesome house. Man, did you see that newest car they drive? Like, they're doing good. They're doing good. Oh, I thought they were a Christian. Yeah, they're a Christian. Yeah, for sure. They're a Christian. But have you seen their house? Make sure that there's evidence of who you are and whose you are. Make sure they don't see how much money or possessions you have. While at the same time, you look at them and you say, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, and do nothing about their physical needs. James is really a practical text, almost, almost to the point of it's just like, man, I don't even want to hear it because he's like straight talking to me sometimes. You know, when I interact with a, a, a homeless person or making eye contact at the street corner, like... It's tough sometimes. And I'm not saying I have to do that every time. It's the conviction of the Lord. If I'm supposed to, sometimes I'm going to do it. Other times I'm not going to do it because I've seen this guy constantly on the street, literally, and then he takes it and he goes and he's in the liquor store doing something with it or even, you know, you can see him strung out sometimes. So I'm not saying that. But sometimes I'd, I'd rather just pass the guy by and not do anything for him and, and be like, God bless you. And God's like saying to me, there's been times when God has said to me, what do you mean God bless you? If God bless you, then you're his instrument. You should have blessed him. Sometimes, not every time. I'm not saying I'm not an advocate for every time I got to give a guy, you know, $5 every time I'm at a street corner. But you know what I mean? And God's saying, like, don't say keep warm and well fed. But at the same time, like, good luck. Make sure in your life that there is fruit to your faith. Let's stand together. And as you stand, I'm going to also ask you to bow your heads. Because this is that moment where it's just you and the Lord. I'll be a witness to it. Let's leave the lights up for just a moment so that I can be a witness to it. We'll bring them down right afterwards when we sing. But um, this is that moment in your your time with God, where you're just thinking about yourself and, and where you are. Is it sacrifice or self-preservation? What are the fruits? What do people see? It's my prayer that people see Christ in you. It's my prayer that when people look at your life, they say, wow, I want what they have. And it's not the big car. May there be fruit of your faith. If you would say today, Pastor, would you just pray for me? I, I need, to, um, I need to, to get some things right. I need to prioritize my life a little bit differently. Just lift your hand right where you're at. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything else. But just lift your hand if that's you. I see your hand up here. Anybody else that see your hand on my right? Straight in front of me. Anybody else that would say, Pastor, pray for me? 
Anybody else? Just lift your hand right now. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? So God, you see hands, but you know hearts. I thank you for each and every single one, those that, that uh, lifted their hand, those that are struggling with it, some that, that, that are right with you. And there is fruit of their faith, whatever, wherever they're at. Thank you that your Holy Spirit's working in the hearts and lives of your people. God, I pray that, they, that for, for them that they would just, um, that they would bear much fruit. John 15 says to abide in me, my words abide in you, like, and you'll bear much fruit. Like, if you stay close to the vine, if you stay close, uh, Jesus says he is the vine and we're the branches. And if we stay close and connected, then we will bear much fruit. So stay close to him. And today can be the day just to get it right. Maybe it hasn't been right for some time. Today can be the day where you just go before him and say, Lord Jesus, I need to reconnect with you. There's sin in my life. There's a disconnect, and that's this sin. It could be a lust. It could be a, 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 a habit, addiction, a, a, a gambling problem. It could be a, a, a bad relationship. It could be a Friday night friend that you need to cut off spending your best time and quality time with and go back to your family, whatever it is. Here and now, make a declaration that I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to trust him. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today can be that day for you. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer that goes like this, and, and you can even pray it. Uh, in fact, we'll do it as a, as an, a congregation. You, you pray it out loud. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to pray it with me. If you're not, you have the opportunity. This is your invitation and your opportunity. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. But this is how the prayer goes, and I ask you to repeat it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, thank you I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I know that I'm a sinner. And I pray that you would forgive me and come into my life. Help me to be in right relationship with you. Today I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give some people a round of applause today that made a declaration. If you did... If you made a declaration on the card, on the, on the connection card, I want you to fill that out. That's the one that has the perforation. Fill it out that I decided to follow Jesus. We'd love to reach out to you, connect with you. If you want to take another step, even, even now we're going to sing a song. Worship team is going to lead us in a song, and you can come forward. There's going to be ministers, of uh, prayer team ministers and pastors that are going to join me in prayer up here. And if you need prayer for any reason, just come forward while we pray and let us pray with you. All right, let's sing together.
battles you know how to fight your battles praise and worship it's acknowledging that Jesus is for us that whatever it is that is over us he is over that that's how we fight our battles we don't do it ourselves we don't take it into our own hands but we give it to the king of kings the lord of lords he fights our battles hear some praise this morning if you believe that Jesus can fight your battles amen you may be seated man good morning and welcome to Renew Church again my name is Pastor Mikey I'm one of the pastors here 
so thankful that you guys are here with us, worshiping us, man. The message was great. Worship has been awesome. Thank you guys for being a part of this service. I uh, just want to let you guys know just a few things that we have coming up here at Renew Church. There's this holiday coming up. It's called Father's Day on June the 20th. It's otherwise known as the day not as important as Mother's Day. But we do want to honor dads. So if you're a dad, man, come back. If you know of a dad, invite him. We want to bring dads here for one of two reasons. One of those reasons being that we're going to be serving smash burgers on a flat top griddle. That's right. Really good, super delicious. That's for everybody. But the second part is for one dad who's going to have the opportunity to win a four burner gas grill. So if you're a dad, you're going to have the opportunity to claim that. So invite your friends, invite other dads. It's going to be a really cool, fun time as we honor dads on Father's Day. Also want to let you guys know about Teen Camp that is coming up on June the 21st. We're super excited for it. We've got kids who are, who are excited for it. We're going to have a great time in Lake Placid, Florida. But what we're doing is there is some things that we need. We're like we're trying to figure out transportation. We don't want there. We don't. We don't want financial issues to be a, a block for a kid to not be able to go to camp because it is $185 for the week. So after service on your way out of those iron doors back there, we're gonna have some of our our, our teenagers out there. And if you'd like to donate to help us get to camp, man, we would appreciate that. You don't have to do that. But if God's put that in your heart, then, man, we would, we would greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get as many kids to camp, um, man, within like a week. We're like a week away from that. So if, if that's what you want to do, man, we would love that. Also, if you're interested in giving to any church, we just want to let you know that there's a few ways to do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you. You'll take that and drop it off in one of the buckets on your way out. Second way to do that is to do it um, online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this service, Lord. I pray that you bless this offering this morning, God, as we worship you in this way. God, you know our needs. God, you know the things that, that are in our way, God. And I pray that... God, you use this offering to glorify your kingdom, Father, but that you fight our battles, God. That's what we pray. I pray, Lord, that, the, that these people sitting in these seats, God, see you fighting their battles, even here and now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're now dismissed.